Hey everyone and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast. So today is a very warm day and I've had to close all the windows and now I am... It's so warm. So hopefully you, everyone is good. So the things I do for this podcast is closing all the windows in my house and it is an absolute sweatbox in this place right now. So no air conditioning, no windows. I'll just plow on with the podcast. So hopefully everyone is good. Hopefully everyone is good. So thanks everyone to everyone who has listened to an episode of the podcast who has downloaded it, sent it to a friend, whatever it may be, left a review and up on iTunes. So please don't forget to leave a review up on iTunes or up on Spotify because or download the episodes. The stats only go up when you download an episode. So if you haven't downloaded it and you've just listened to it, thank you first. But if you download it, the stats go up and that way I can get bigger and better guests um on the onto the podcast. So I know the last little while I've been focusing on kind of like the, the solo episodes. I'm kind of really enjoying that kind of side of things at the minute. Also takes a little bit less pressure uh because then I can kind of get my own thoughts across and kind of help you guys to kind of figure out the ideologies and the, the ideas that you can my clients are saying to me on a daily basis, the DMs that are kind of coming in. So one of the big things I'm going to talk about today is one of the big steps that a lot of people miss when they're trying to lose weight or trying to lose fat. And if you're like a lot of people, then a lot of people's starting points will, right, I've had enough, jeans are too tight, energy is low, confidence is low, I'm letting myself down, I want to start to feel better and feel better every day. I want to be here for my kids. I want to get my cholesterol down. I want to have energy to play around with my kids. And I, things have gone too far and I want to get this sorted. There are some of the things that every single one of the people I chat with on a daily basis say. And that sounds very, very familiar to a lot of you. But what happens then is you drive, you dive straight into the apps thinking the apps are going to solve the issue for you. You join a weight loss club, which there's nothing wrong with if it's suiting you. There's diet books, like you can look at any silly books that are out there, or you buy a lot of equipment that you're never going to use, or you're going to buy a fat burner, or you're going to buy these keto tablets that you can see up online, which I wouldn't advise, or you're going to buy loads of equipment for home that you're never going to use. If you look at any of the equipment that you bought during lockdown, how much of that actually been used? I actually sold mine recently. So I bought stuff during lockdown to train at home, and it was just sitting in a house and I wasn't using it at all. So I brought it back to my, my parents' house and it was sitting there and managed to sell it off. So if you have equipment that you're not gonna use, a quick way to make a few bit of pop if you want, this is not a financial podcast, but one way you could do it is going and sell it onto one of the, uh, the websites and selling your equipment. People do want it, people do need it, but a lot of people will buy equipment with the intent of never using it. They think they will use it, but a lot of people go full speed for a couple of weeks, but the scales aren't showing much of a kind of a sign of progress where life gets in the way. You end up being busy, stressed. The kids are annoying. You're hungry. You're tired. You give up and you end up feeling worse about things. So you took back straight into your favorite drinks, your snacks. You let go of the coping mechanisms that you've worked so hard to get rid of. And it can be frustrating. It frustrates me how predictable this cycle is. And trust me, I've worked with over a thousand clients with things. And I've seen this loop time and time and time again. 
And I was in this loop in my 20s of like thinking that all these kind of quick fixes would solve things. I'm like, well, why isn't this changing? Why isn't my body composition changing? Why isn't my relationship with food changing? Why isn't my relationship with myself changing? Why? But they're the, the things I was working on. But a lot of people only go by the scales to measure progress. And if it doesn't read what you've you've made up this number and if it doesn't read what that or match up to that ideology, what happens? You give up. But there is another way to do this. And it's not another new diet plan or any eating greens or going on a cleanse or a detox. Your liver is your detox from your body. You don't need to go on a detox. It's 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 kind of removing the emotional element of it because a lot of people react with their weight or how they feel about their bodies quite emotionally because ultimately how we see ourselves is often what we think other people are thinking it's a control thing so we think we have this positive affirmation in our head of or this validation loop in our head of if i look like this i will be accepted by society if i look like this i will be happy if i look like this or way like this people will accept me but that's all emotionally led and it's all stories it's a belief system but what happens if we use these two things called logic and mindset but when it comes to weight loss, when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to food, our logic seems to go out the window. It's all very emotionally reactive rather than using a lot of perspective. And if we're faced with a similar challenge at work or pretty much in any other area of our lives, we we could be calm, we could be logical, and we can make actual progress. So imagine this as an example. This is an extreme example, but I spoke about this with one of my clients there on a phone call just before I came on here. So imagine if you got a cut on your leg and there was a bit of blood pouring out, what's your first thing to do? Is it to amputate it? My guess is no, of course not. You apply pressure to it, you clean the wound, and you stick a plaster or a bandage on it, or you go to hospital. So you use logic. You don't over-regret, or you don't overreact, and then you don't regret things. My point is, with this kind of extreme example, is with weight loss or fat loss, it is tough to get your head around. It is tough to do but we immediately reach for like the quickest fix or the biggest sledgehammer we take action way too quickly we try to change everything overnight we set ourselves crazy goals and widely different areas of our lives and then wonder why the approach hasn't worked and then we attach failure or shame to ourselves saying i'm a bad person because i couldn't stick to this but of course you're not going to be able to stick to it. It hasn't, hasn't resolved anything that's happening. It hasn't resolved your coping mechanisms. It hasn't resolved your habits. It hasn't resolved the, the reactions when you get emotional that you may not know how to deal with your emotions because you've never been taught. Or it may not deal with anything about the behaviors, the coping mechanisms, the patterns, or the systems that you have in place. With weight loss, so many people make it harder than it needs to be. I'm not saying it's easy, but a lot of people don't have... A lot of people... I'm not saying everyone. For a lot of people, it's an it's not an ability issue. For a lot of people, it's an emotional regulation or not being able to cope with emotions issue, and then it's also a little bit of a kind of a I want the quickest fix, and it's a kind of like everything has to be perfect in order for things to work. There's two or three things at play. But why don't we don't look at we look at it from a different method? So when we're trying to lose weight, break it down to three main phases. Number one, we need to try and stop gaining weight. 
I'm not saying gaining weight's a bad thing, because it is a good thing as well. Because if someone has hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is lack of a cycle, gaining weight will be able to help that. So gaining weight is a positive thing. Your kids, your babies that you may have, your nephews, your nieces, whatever, they are trying to gain weight to be fit and healthy, to fit into percentiles, to be to be able to live, to be able to fuel their bodies. So then one, one of the things is to try and stop gaining weight. Second one is to maintain the weight. And the third one is to lose weight. But if you look at every single phase or every single weight loss plan that you've ever done, they cut out the first two phases and skip straight to the third. It's way too extreme, but extremes are sexy. Like if I said to you, stop gaining weight, maintain weight, lose weight, you'd be like, I can't be that easy. I'm like, it's not, I didn't say it was easy, but it's the logical approach. But we react to everything when it comes to our weight or fitness or whatever it may be as an emotional reaction to things. And the reason why we often skip to stage three is because weight loss is a big business. The app builders, the book publishers, the gyms, the slimming clubs, the mailbox companies can't really just sell us one or two of the first two stages. But they can sell stage three. They're like, well, here's, I'm going to sell you lose weight. They can't sell us stop gaining weight. They can't sell us maintain weight. That's not how it works. It's not sexy. It's not going to sell. But they can sell us stage three of like lose weight. But the massive issue is that they can't sell a better coping mechanisms a better coping strategy and people sell that whole thing of losing weight hard but unfortunately there is bad news around this the weight loss industry is and their ideal situation is for you to lose weight really really quickly whatever it is whatever gizmo gadget whatever they have or whatever they're promoting that's their best interest their bottom line then you get bored you get frustrated you stop you gradually put that weight back on and then come back in a year or start the process again wanting the next new system and that's what a lot have done and that's what i've done in the past but we don't have to actually do that the first key step is to is vital then and actually it's easier than you think the starting point to getting to a healthy weight range, which is I always talk about, it's not like I'm going to be happy at 70 kilos or 80 kilos or 90 kilos, whatever your target is. It's about a weight range. Your weight's going to fluctuate up and down, but it's having the tools to kind of check in with yourself saying, right, what have I changed? Am I emotionally eating? Am I stress eating? But, too many people will go skip the first two steps of stop gaining weight and maintaining weight to going to, I want to lose weight straight away. But their mindsets aren't ready. And then what people do is when they hear that whole thing of, I need to maintain and stop to lose weight, or I need to stop gaining weight to, to maintaining and then to losing, people are like, no, I'm here to lose weight. I'm like, okay, so what have you tried previously? I've tried to lose weight all the time. I'm kind of like, well, then there's an issue with the approach. <clears throat> the approach is really, really aggressive it's restrictive it's not beneficial to your health or mental well-being it involves cutting out a food group it involves silly food rules it involves not changing the mindset and involves not changing your coping mechanisms as i said it's not an ability issue for a lot of people a lot of people react when it's around weight loss and weight gain and stuff quite emotionally and obviously 
but it's not it's the least interesting thing about you but a lot of people make it the most interesting thing about you unfortunately we do live in a fat phobic society and obesity is a very very multifaceted thing that a lot of people don't understand obesity is not a choice it can come down to many many different things some people have higher hunger hormones than other people some people have mental health issues adhd some people have thyroid issues. Some people may have come from lower socioeconomic backgrounds. Some people may have had trauma or grief in their life. Some people might have multiple personality disorders. And there's many, many more things that can make it a lot more difficult. So before we start to judge ourselves and start to label ourselves with those things, which I think a lot of people are trying to drop labels, but they're also bringing in labels on themselves. Like, I'm too old to lose, weight, to lose weight. I'm over 40, so it's more difficult. It's more difficult past a certain age, not down to your metabolism. It's down more difficult because your priorities have changed. You're looking after, you might be looking after many humans called kids. You might be working harder hours, so your stress is higher. So you're not sleeping correctly. And then when we don't, we don't get sleep and we don't get... Our stress managed food comes in as a coping mechanism or alcohol comes in a mechanism so if we're eating more we're drinking more what happens we end up eating more we move a little bit less so those things kind of change so rather than trying to look for this quick fix or a quick label saying i can't do this i'm this i'm a yo-yo dieter all these sentences that a lot of people say or i'm an emotional eater people are very quick to kind of box themselves into this thing but have you ever took a step back and say when you've spoken about I'm an emotional eater? Now I'm going off on a tangent now. It's nothing to do with the episode. When you say to yourself, I'm an emotional eater. Don't be surprised that you act like that. And what I mean by that is if I say that I'm an emotional eater, I'm going to bring in those habits and use those, those kind of techniques to match up to that. But if I say to myself, I emotionally eat, it's very different. There's less blame, there's less shame. But we all emotionally eat. Emotional eating happens at birthdays, bar mitzvahs, christenings, communions. The amount of communions that are happening at the minute. It's the biggest money-making racket of all time. Weddings, christenings, everything. They're happy occasions. I don't know one person on this earth that doesn't hasn't eaten past fullness in their life. But we have this belief that we need to be perfect. We're not allowed to nibble. We're not allowed to snack outside of these thresholds that we set and rules, rigid rules that we set for ourselves. We shouldn't be eating when we're cooking for the meals with the kids. We have these belief systems and we say we shouldn't be doing this. We shouldn't be doing this. But why not? Have you looked at your system? Is your system working for you? Or are you starving yourself for the whole day and saving a load of calories for the evening saying I'm going to be good today? Or are you nourishing yourself during the day, having regular meals throughout the day and setting yourself up for success? Or are you restricting and setting yourself up for a fall? So it's not an ability ability issue for an awful lot of people. It's these stories and beliefs that we have, or it's a system failure, or it's a belief that we need to be perfect. And then if we don't match up to that, well, then what's the point? And that can come from, that's very, very multifaceted and multifactorial in that it can come from trauma, grief, whatever it may be, or childhood or parents making comments or bullies or whatever it may be, or comments were made to you as a kid. But we latch on to them as the societal norm, as the norm that what we should be, or that we should be doing. 
But it's not that you're an emotional eater. It's someone that eats emotionally. Two very different things. I'm a yo-yo dieter. Are you a yo-yo dieter? Or is it something that I may have struggled with my weight in the past? Or I may have been on and off diets for a few years. It's the least interesting thing about you, but it's the first thing that you say. When I have consultations with clients and they come to me at one-to-one, one of the biggest things that they say on the sheet is, they say I've tried every single diet under the sun or I'm a yo-yo dieter. I'm kind of like, when you actually break it down with the client to kind of like, no, it's just I was going for a quicker fix rather than addressing the habits and mechanisms when you actually dig it down into them. But one of the big things is in relation to moving towards a healthier weight range and to try and keep it off, give or take a few pounds or kilos, is to reduce the chances of stopping to gain weight. That's number one step. But how do we do this? I think we all know how to do it, but it's not sexy. If I wrap this, like a lot of those kind of meal plans or detoxes or skinny ab workouts that you do or the glute bands workouts that you do, they're all turds wrapped in different sandwiches. Like they're literally crap. Absolute and utter crap. But then when you don't know who to believe, you beat yourself up and you're very skeptical of what you should be doing. You're scared, to, and rightly so, you're scared of how to part with your, your hard-earned money. But where could you start? I would start with regular meals. I don't think everyone should be counting calories. That's my personal opinion. Counting calories is a great tool for some people as, a, as an education tool, but not everyone should be counting calories. I would focus on creating some sort of structure with your regular meals. That could start by getting a food shop in on the weekend so you know what's in the house. It doesn't have to be at 8 a.m. to have breakfast. It could be at, I normally have breakfast at kind of like 10 or half 10. I'm not really hungry first thing in the morning. Then making sure they have some sort of half decent lunch. Then having some sort of half decent dinner. And then I would somewhere include maybe a soul food that you enjoy later on in your day. I would look at, can you get protein into most of your meals? So unless you have an issue with kidneys, I wouldn't worry about protein. Protein helps to keep you fuller for longer. It helps to your immune system. It helps to build muscle. It helps recovery, helps to keep you fuller for longer. So including protein with most of your meals. So what can you do with protein? Or where can you get your protein from? The likes of Greek yogurt, cottage cheese, chicken, poultry, fish, meat, dame beans, beans, kidney beans. You can get it from Greek yogurt, whey protein powder, all these different areas. Are there, there are vegan sources as well. But a lot of eggs is a great one as well. A lot of people overcomplicate. If you simple, simply did a type into Google right now and say protein sources or vegan protein sources, You'll be able to see an image straight away of 10 to 20 protein sources that you could use and try and get them into your day. I'd be surprised if most of you are not having them already without even realizing it. With the breakfast one, it's a, it can be a little bit trickier, but if you're getting protein in, I would be aiming for a target of three to four protein sources a day. They don't have to be different. The total is what matters at the beginning. I would look at maybe focusing on drinking a little bit more water if your urine is bright orange 
it means you're dehydrated. If your urine is a clear color, well then it's 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 safe to say you're hydrated. And the last one is activity. Doesn't matter what it is, do something. The weather's nice now in Ireland. If you're fortunate to live in elsewhere, just do some sort of movement. It's important in for mental health. If your mental health is better, you'll be less likely to pick. You'll have better coping mechanisms, less chances of overeating, all these kind of different things. But staying active is great for cholesterol, it's great for your mind, it's great for your energy. And with the longer evenings, you can make it a social thing and get your kids out or your friends out and meet up with friends in the evenings. But a lot of people train or walk to lose weight. A lot of people are impatient. A lot of people do one workout in a day and then they step on the scales and they expect the, the results to happen. And they beat themselves up for why isn't the results happening? Because you're only going by a piece of plastic. You're do, you're, the, the things you're doing or the mechanism that you're using hasn't got the right kind of, hasn't got the right, how do I say this? It hasn't got the right kind of end result at, at play. You don't eat to lose weight. You don't train to lose weight. That's not how it works. Too many people are doing things for the wrong reasons. It's a negative output that you're using it for. I get to walk. I get to train. I get to play football with my mates. I get to eat regular meals. I get to eat protein with most of my meals. But as a byproduct, it keeps me fit and healthy mentally. If my mental health is my number one, if that helps me, everything else is easier. I'm better able to cope with the stresses. I'm better able to have more energy for those around me who I want to be around. And I'm better able to work. I'm better able to manage the expectations and work with my clients on a daily basis. And I love my job. But I know there's days and times where I have dropped those tools. And I'm fully aware of that. And that's awareness is key. But if you can bring in regular meals, protein into most of your meals, bring in a little bit more veggies or fruit in, whole grain options, drink more water, stay active, those three or four things will really, really help you along the way. But too many people will hear that and say, right, this is what I have to do. If I don't do this, I'm a failure. No, you're not. Try bring in one of those this week and do it for a full week. If you do it for a full week, move on to the next one. But too many people will try to uproot their life, try to change everything, and no wonder they can't stick with it. And then it'll be senses of like, oh, my old habits are creeping back in, so I've had a really bad week. You can't expect your habits to just disappear if you've had them for 10, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years, or 40 years, or 50 years. They're not just going to go in five, six weeks. That's what people think that are going to happen when they sign up for these magical programs, that they're going to uproot their life and get them to where they want to go. But if you can say to yourself, if you're even aware of your coping mechanisms saying, right, these bad habits are creeping back in and you're aware of that, well, that's step one. Step two will be like, all right, what, what's wrong with me? What's up with me? Okay, I'm, I'm a little bit tired. So why am I going for alcohol or food to deal with my stress? Because I just don't really want to deal with my emotions. Okay, well, what else can I do to help with this? All right, I'm going to try and get better sleep or I'm going to focus on regular meals or I'm going to talk to my partner, or I'm going to go for a walk. Those things are still coping with things. It's just a different outlet, but it may take more effort. 
the alcohol, the food that you use to soothe or comfort may be easier because it takes less effort. It's been easy. It's been easy dependable on it. But if you look at what your main goal is, is it leading you closer to your goal or moving you further away? But too many people will focus on, well, I've undone everything. What have you undone if your mindset is still the same? The all or nothing approach, the self-sabotage thing. I don't honestly believe self-sabotage. Most people understand what it is. That's me being 100% honest. So if you're the, the, the one step that everyone's missing when they're trying to lose weight is they're trying to lose weight too quickly, too soon, rather than looking at it as a way of not gaining weight, maintaining weight, then losing weight. Too many people are only going by the scales and not bringing in metrics of energy, mood, libido, confidence, your measurements, clothes feeling better, better 5k runs, strength going up. Because they're unsexy. If I sold you a program with something, with marketing all those, what would happen? You wouldn't buy it. But the gimmicks, they're easy to buy. They're playing on your emotions. They're playing on your vulnerability. So if you're out there and you're looking for something to kind of to help you, I would DM someone today and say, right, even if it's not me and say, look, I've tried X, Y, or Z before. I'm a little bit skeptical. Can we jump on a call? At least you can ask yourself someone questions that way. And that's what's happened over the weekend and the last few weeks is people are messaging a little bit more because they've got weddings, they've got holidays, they've got birthdays coming up in, during the summer and they want to feel their best. But an awful lot of people maybe have left it too late. And what I mean by that is they've got a holiday in three weeks and they want to they want to starve themselves for three weeks. That's not the great approach because then what's after? What's the aftercare afterwards? But what I would say is the trick that everyone's missing is we need to look at it like because if you don't know if you're not aware of your behaviors and your actions and your your triggers, it's going to be harder. But if you look at it from a point of view of stop gaining weight to maintaining weight to losing weight and you follow those three steps things will become a little bit easier it may be slower in the short term but it will be quicker in the long term those quick diets those fad diets fad means food avoidance diet are making your process longer they're causing that guilt and shame cycle that you're currently in saying i'm a bad person because i can't stick with it no one could stick with half the shit that you people have bought so i hope you've enjoyed this episode if you have, leave a review, tag me up on your stories and I hope you have enjoyed this episode. So I'll talk to you very, very soon.